0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. While some areas of the Midwest are seeing some beautiful weather, it brings up a lot of questions as to what we're going to see potentially with the yields. We're also going to take a listener question that's questioning the numbers of last week. Not what was bought, but how the prices reacted to that. So we will get to that as well as Mike Zuzalo joins us today with Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, I hope it is cool in, in your backyard like it is here.
1: Yeah, I think we were about two degrees from the record low last night, and I think we may get to the record low of, I believe, 56 uh, at Kansas City Airport. So I think that's going to be a real interesting uh phenomenon, one that I have not experienced in the last seven years since we moved from Indiana out here to northeastern Kansas. So I think it'll be a welcome treat since everybody back east that we know has been enjoying quite a nice summer.
0: Well, we know that uh, areas of Iowa saw into the 40s overnight, so maybe a little hint to uh, fall getting here quicker than we thought. But looking at that and the yield numbers and all the information that came out from NAS, let's kind of look at what you saw in those numbers, how the markets reacted today. And first of all, this yield information really wasn't that big of a surprise.
1: Well, it wasn't from a standpoint that a week ago, um, maybe even a little bit more, Susan, I had been hearing from Chicago colleagues and contacts that we were probably getting up towards a 180 national yield, especially with that last rain that came through some of the driest areas of Illinois right about a week or so ago. And indeed, a lot of the Illinois clients were telling me how much the crop had greened up and how the corn especially had been able to find its nitrogen. and So I think the mindset of many of us in the agriculture belt and in the agriculture commodity analytical world were not surprised to see something that was up around 180. But when Stonex came out with the 182.4 yield, and that cranked up the production number to 15.3 billion bushels. I think that was where the surprise came in, and just the fact that somebody actually came out with something so much more than 180. So my pricing model, I think I was talking to either Clay or you about not long ago, was suggesting that as we got back down to these old lows of the 320 level in lead month corn and 315 in lead month corn, that we were going well above the 3 billion bushel ending stocks number as far as what the market was probably factoring in and and indeed I think that's the case and the fact that we've been able to go even lower today would say we're probably now well over 3.2 billion bushel carryover and I bring this up because it helps me keep track of what we're looking at before the next USDA report which is right around the corner and one last thing I think one of the biggest reasons why the corn market got hit so hard with that near three percent break on the day for futures, uh, even though the gold was able to make a brand new all-time high and breach $2,000 an ounce, I believe, for the first time ever, uh, I think was in large part due to the wheat market. The wheat was a no-show when it came to holding up technically and wanting to fight back against those big crop estimates uh, by Stone X. And I think that's probably where the vast majority of this heavy volume day uh, came about was between not just the yield, but also the wheat market throwing in the towel. The, the volume in corn was extraordinarily high.
0: I'm sure a lot of frustration as, as folks uh, look at these numbers. And I, I saw some posts on social media, uh, specific, specifically Twitter, you know, asking how folks were dealing with the drop that they saw in the bean price. And and the wheat Chicago, I think, caught a few by surprise.
1: It did, and I, I would be one of those people that it caught by surprise. I was actually talking to clients and writing to clients last week, and, and almost two weeks ago now, talking about the idea that if we have a bad July and we don't have a premium built up in in the month of July because the rains come, almost every year the last five years in a row, we've been able to find some support in prices after the first of August, and and I'd always, in my mind, had an idea that this could be a lot like 2016, especially in the last five or six days when I started to get some pictures from clients in Nebraska, clients in Illinois, clients that are in areas that the trade thinks were looking at unbelievably big yields. And, you know, the Stone X number, just to give you a frame of reference, uh, Nebraska, they're looking at a 193 yield and 182 was the number last year. And for Illinois, they're looking at 212 Uh, bushels to the acre this year last year was 181 but i'm getting quite a bit of tip back pictures unwanted tip back even in hybrids that maybe normally do have some tip back we're getting more than expected and and producers are starting to tell me as they walk their fields in some of these key states that are responsible for this massive yield they were probably not as good as what they thought it was looking at it from the road and hence the danger of the crop conditions report so drive that all the way back to your question and i think it goes back to the producers are very disappointed that they're taking this much premium out this quickly the seasonals are not suggesting that we should be doing this and if we are a lot like 2016 which i think we could be whereas we went up the first half of the month of august in 2016 we fell sharply in 2016 and in fact if you look at the monthly chart right now in the corn market our next support is now the monthly uh, chart support going all the way back to uh, after 2020 the low at around the $3 and a quarter point number uh, from April the next low is the uh, 2016 low which is right around 301 so you've got that 2016 look about you unfortunately at this point uh, we'll see if they continue on this path after the uh, drought monitor comes out this week.
0: And we know that's just adding stress as well to these crops as, as many areas. You've got garden spots and then you turn around go a few miles and it's nothing.
1: Yeah and I don't use the crop conditions anymore for my, my yield assessment but what I do use does have a lot to do with the cumulative precip and I can tell you the top nine states out of the 18 that USDA measures they produce about 80% of the corn crop and two of the Uh, Only two of those nine states are above 2019 cumulative precip numbers, and four are actually below not only 2019, but below the five-year norm of of precip cumulative uh, amount.
0: Folks, we come back, we're going to talk more about this market from a grain perspective before we look Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Mike Zuzolo of Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, you left off with a really good point. It's, I mean, we, we do look at crop ratings. A lot of folks kind of look at them and try to digest them. But really, at this point, precipitation has got to have a little bit heavier weight when you're trying to figure out what's happening in the neighborhood.
1: It really does, and this puts us in a tough spot as marketers because we may not know the truth in terms of the actual yields until we get to October, November, and maybe even after December, and that's where the USDA and their their counts, as far as their ear counts may be extremely high because the rains came right at this not right at the nick of time but when you go to Colonel Phil and test weights like what we saw last year that didn't come out until earlier this year when it came to last year's crop so there was a time when we were trading a 181 182 uh yield last year in terms of the 2019 crop and yet it ended up being 167.8 and that was the low number for the last five years that's actually the low number of the range so it does make it extra difficult susan i think the month of august is an important one because of the fact that you've got a lot of uh, of uh, insurance related things uh, coming down the pike and, and you've got usda getting us some of the first hard data as far as yield estimates and so it'll be a pretty critical month
0: well, we did have a question coming in from a listener, and it was in regards to what we saw in last week's market trade, with so much export business information coming our way. And the question really was, is there some collusion going on in the grain markets, like we've seen and folks have talked about on the livestock side, because the markets didn't react like many thought they would with that continuous day-after-day export news?
1: Yeah, I don't think so, because of the fact that the year-to-date exports, when it comes to the corn... Um, you know, we're within about four weeks of finishing the 2019 2020 marketing year, and we're still running about 15% behind last year, and or 15 16% behind last year's numbers, the previous year's numbers. And, and the USDA has us about 14% lower than the 2018 2019 marketing year. And so I think what we're seeing is similar to what we've seen in the last five years. The trade, thinks that supply is outrunning demand, even though we have an almost a catastrophic flood in China that has, I think, in part been the reason why they have jumped in and bought so much of our sorghum and so much of our wheat, and now starting to buy quite a bit of our bushels of corn. The trade, which I think is very fund-heavy, investor-heavy uh, in terms of volume numbers, uh, they have been able to keep a a lid on prices through the cash versus the futures price, and and the fact that we have had a higher uh, price around the world for most of the year in corn. Um, I think the funds look at that and say, well, we don't have to drive prices up just because China's buying, because we're not seeing uh, a real big shock to the cash prices around the world, except in China. You know, if. if Now, I am watching Paris uh, and the French uh, corn price because their futures price is now starting to look a lot more like China where they're up around the five-year top in terms of their uh, front-end lead month futures price, whereas we're trading near the five-year low. So certainly there is uh, such an anomaly that... I am still locking in feed for cattle and hog and poultry feeders at this point, And I'm not really coming off my mindset that we're still, it's still very difficult for me to see an above a 180 or above a 179.5 yield number. That's kind of my top end right now in my range.
0: Well, you talk about China and it does lead perfectly into the livestock side. They're ramping up hog production, and I've heard reports and folks talking that they're modeling their pork production right now after the United States. They need that feed to be able to get this market back off the ground for them.
1: Uh, they do, and I think another interesting development that we're going to find out a lot more about in the next com- uh, next coming two or three months is they're also modeling their futures market after us. China's getting ready to flip the switch of their own hog futures market, just like the Dalian and uh, and corn and the uh, soybean market that they have as well on the futures. Now, obviously, it's not as big, but that's probably in part because of the globalized trade that we've had. So if we have more of a uh, trade tensions and frictions continue and they choose to keep their money at home because we're sanctioning more, their volumes may start to go up, and that may indeed impact our hog sector. Um, and, and we have to blend into that the fact that we have uh, Smithfield as a pretty much wholly owned subsidiary, of a Chinese firm. So it's really important to keep track of these hog futures just like we do the dollar and corn and, and what we see in the soybean futures over there as well.
0: And quickly as we wrap up, are we going to continue to see the struggles for these cattle?
1: I think we are in a, a trading range until the cash is established. But I think that as we go into this last... Big summer grilling season event of Labor Day. I think we're going to continue to see the beef gain on the pork at this point. The ground beef prices have come down enough. 81% ground beef is still below $1.50.
0: What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Best way to get a hold of me is through the website to sign up for a trial, globalcomresearch.com. And as I said a minute ago, I'm getting ready to do a blog post and outline my yield metrics and, and my model to some degree without giving too much away.
0: And Mike Zuzel will us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.